They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Welcome back, everybody, to Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Um, it's a very, very hot 4th of July weekend. Just a... It is. Yes. And um, my guest tonight's coming to me from Michigan, and it's apparently just as brutal there as it is here in Lynn, Massachusetts. Oh, definitely. Um, at least but, in my uh, neck of the woods, I can't speak for anyone else. <laughs> but my guest, um, you probably saw um, recent to this episode <laughs> releasing, maybe a, uh, I'd say a few weeks back by the time this gets out there. But I had done um, some audio recording as a co-host on a Let's Play um, by a guy that goes by Golden Tales Geek on his Let's Plays on YouTube, and mm-hmm. goes by Kevin CV. We are Groot. On the talk, uh, no, I'm not Talkbuster podcast. That's my show. On Twitter, <laughs> yeah. they both begin with T's. Um, yeah. it, introduce yeah. yourself, good sir. Uh, my name, my full name is actually Kevin C. Vey, V E I G H E Y. It's spelled longer than it sounds. I'm, I'm of Irish descent, actually, because uh, my grandfather was an Irish immigrant. But, um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, my handle is Golden Tales Geek. It's kind of like a amalgamation of some things like golden signifies the golden sun series which is one of my favorite rpg series so good and, and then uh the and then namco's uh tales of series particularly tales of symphonia and tales of fantasia those are my my two favorites in the series and coincidentally they actually take place in the same world just millennia apart in terms of timeline from what at least that's what the developers have said um even though tales of fantasia came out first apparently Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Doctor Who fan, if you couldn't tell. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. In fact, I'm wearing one of my favorite T-shirts while we're recording this. That's a, a Doctor Who shirt with the puzzle pieces for autism awareness, and it says it's bigger on the inside. And it was a T-shirt given to me by one of my ex-girlfriends, and I've just kept it ever since because it's just one of my favorite shirts. That's and, an amazing And the reason t-shirt. it's autism awareness is A, because... Well, A, I have Asperger's, which is on the autism spectrum. I was diagnosed in third grade. And B, I just, I really, I just, I'm really a firm believer in people, you know, knowing about autism and respecting people with autism and treating them with, you know, dignity and respect and all that. And, and in fact, and I'm also one of those people who, whenever an anti-vaxxer is like, vaccines cause autism, I'm like, you know, that really offends me to my core. Same <laughs> here. I mean. I mean, hell, my, I have a nephew who's four and he, and he got vaccinated and he's okay. And also if he turns out to be on the spectrum too, that's fine. You know, you know, why does it matter so much that, you know, someone that a kid is born that has a different, has a different brain, if fact, a different brain, you know, I mean, it beats having a French, a, 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 a how am I going to word this? Uh, a potentially debilitating disease uh, or potentially even fatal disease, you know, like polio or something. I mean, come on, guys. Right. Exactly. I, I just it just pisses me off, especially since it's not just, you know, the vaccines are not just. Yeah. I mean, protecting I would... your, it's not just protecting you and your kid. It's protecting the people they interact with. It, exactly. It's kinda... Exactly. I mean, I mean, we've had all these like measles outbreaks and stuff all because of these anti-vax people. And I'm just like, you know, if any of these people die, it's on these people, on these anti-vaxxers hands, you know, it's all on them, really. I mean, I mean, I, I, I try not to be that cold about it, but at the same time, it's just like 
seriously, people. I mean, there was a tweet I retweeted a while back that where we should stop calling them anti-vaxxers. We should start calling them plague enthusiasts. And, <laughs> and, and, and I retweeted that. And then funny enough, when I checked my Facebook a few days after that, my older brother found that uh, one of my older brothers found the tweet and apparently um, decided to share it on his Facebook profile saying this very much this. And you know, so I was like, I'm like, okay, then glad we're of like minds on this. <laughs> so as, as a parent of, um, as you probably saw, because earlier tonight is when I, well, I tweeted my little takedown of, uh, um, some anti-vaxxer people that really upset me. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, my, I, my, my daughter has an autism spectrum diagnosis and, you know, oh, I, oh. you know, until you had mentioned, the Asperger's thing when we were just talking right now, you know, it's yeah. not, it's not something I knew about you. So I, I want to say, number one, I'm incredibly yeah. proud that you're, you know, that you have such a good positive outlook on it because not the, well, the world. It, it the, it, frankly, it took it time. It, uh, I hate to cut you off there. No, it took okay. time to really cultivate that positive attitude because honestly, when I was a kid, I used to just be hounded and harassed. It was awful. And, course, you know, I mean, and even when I was a kid and even not long after I got diagnosed, I got, like I said, I got diagnosed in third grade. Um, I, not long after I got diagnosed with it, I also ended up getting glasses. So it was like a, it was like a twofold thing of people making fun of me for. And thankfully that doesn't happen to the glasses thing. And I mean, it wasn't until like probably high school when people stopped making fun of me really and oh it certainly and, and it certainly helped because and, and thank god that happened because you know and, and i i like to think on some level the reason it stopped in, when i was in high school when that's probably like the brunt of bullying if if, if a lot of 80s movies are any indication <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know is because i was in the marching band my for all four years and i ended up and i ended up have, getting a letter jacket so i and my school colors were green and white so the my my letter jacket was green so i basically joined what i coined the brotherhood of green jackets so that's probably what made people back off of me because i suddenly had status because i had a letter jacket yep what did you play i was a clarinetist Nice. I played That's clarinetist awesome. in band class all through all years. Although I had been playing clarinet for years beforehand, I started in fifth grade, and honestly, I hadn't haven't really touched it since I graduated, which is like many years ago. <laughs> Although I do sing in my church's choir on occasion, so at least I'm doing something musical on occasion to keep me out of trouble. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was going to say, you know, this is the first. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to think that, you know, we're all on this spectrum somewhere and the more and more and more oh, they yeah. learn, the more they learn of it, it's just, you know, not everybody's brain works the exact same way and we need to accept that and yeah, be there I, for I, each other. Yeah, I think I saw your uh, brother, Bob, tweet that about a little bit to some extent, actually, uh, I think it was last year or something like that. And that really made me feel happy that I'm a fan of his because that's another thing is that I've been a fan of uh, Chris's brother, Bob, since he started the game Overthinker. When one of my friends linked me to one of his videos, I think it was his very first game Overthinker video saying, hey, check out this guy. He seems to have an interesting take on video games. And I'm like, "Okay, sure. So I watched it and I'm like, wow, this guy's good. Yeah, he's he's a character. I, I love my oh, brother. Yeah. I, I I really admire him. Honestly, he just he just he's such he just he he's not afraid to really go for broke on 
like not just politically, but just in general, just like, even if he comes across really harsh, you know, it's, it's almost like George Carlin, you know, he, yes, those ideas, he, he may be harsh, but he's well-meaning, you know, exactly. And he's, he's learned through, you know, similar to what you, you know, he was not, he did not have an easy time of it in school. Mm -hmm. And he, he learned strangely in high school. I remember him coming home and telling me about this, that as even the bullies started to get more intelligent or at least be, be able to comprehend intelligence. He said that he was able to win people over with that type of approach with that, you know, kind of in your face, very loud, very, Mm. very, um, well-spoken and well thought out takedown that then these guys would turn around and gain respect for him because it's like, Oh my God, you know, he, instead of just someone that they could, you know, push around and make fun of, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I actually have a bit of a story that's comparable to that. Actually, it happened when I was in eighth grade where, uh, there was this guy in my, in our, in my English class who would just give me all kinds of shit. And, um, it just, uh, you know, and I took it on the chin as the Brits say, you know, just kind of just stiff upper <laughs> lip all that, you know, and, you know, that's technically what I did when I was made fun of. I just tried to just, you know, take it, just, just grin and bear it basically. And, um, and then, and then suddenly he disappeared for a few weeks and I was wondering why. And I found out that it turned out that his mother had passed away due to breast cancer. Oh, and, yeah. And he was taking time off, basically, not only to attend the funeral, but to get himself together again, because it just it came so suddenly. I mean, she was undergoing treatment for a while. So but it's just apparently she he was under the impression that maybe she was going to get make a full recovery. And it turns out things got worse. Oh, that that's awful. Yeah. And fast forward a few weeks after that, he came back and he was still kind of shaken up, but he's felt like he was together enough to come back to school and i i walked up to him and he looked at me and he's still kind of teary-eyed and he's like he's like and he looks gives me he gives me this look like like oh you're gonna make fun of me now because you've made fun of me to you know, turn about fair play and all that and i just took a deep breath and i said to him dude i know you've given me all kinds of shit but i heard about your mom and i really am sorry to hear about her and if you ever need to talk you know just you know, I'm willing to listen. And around that same time, I had lost my grandfather to uh, throat cancer. So, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional. So, oh, that's so okay, I kinda, man. So, I kind of had a bit of an understanding of what he was going through. So, I, and I just figured, you know, extend an olive branch. You know, I figured it was the least I could do. And he was so touched by that that he decided he was not going to give me shit anymore. And he even told some of his buddies to lay off. So, that's great. See, yeah, it, I it, haven't heard from him since because we went to different high schools after that. But, you know, I hope he carried that. W- he's carried that with him for the rest of his life, because honestly, I just, you know, I just because if I feel like if I could make a difference in at least one person's life, then I'll feel like I've left. I can leave the world better than I than I entered it. You know, that's all we can do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I was going to say, you know, talking to someone for the first time on this that I know openly, you know, gave me that insight into themselves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That you have this yeah, diagnosis. I'm very, I'm very 
open. I'm willing to share if I feel like I can trust somebody. No, I appreciate it because it's yeah. it's actually it's actually making me pretty emotional because as as a parent, you yeah. know, that's one of those things. Especially you and I and our parents grew up in in the society that bred bullies like that, right? That that doesn't understand, that wasn't willing to yeah. understand, and so yeah, you're. My, my- yeah, my my dad's like my dad has been working to understand things a lot more lately in terms of like this. That's great and, to hear, especially consider. I mean, I mean, he never bullied anyone. He's a very good-hearted guy, but it's just that he probably witnessed a lot of bullying and stuff when he was growing up towards people like me. And I think you know, lately with you know my nephew who's four, you know, coming into our lives, he's four years old and everything. He's probably been a little more trying to open it, broaden his mind a bit more in case it turns out that Cormac, that's my nephew's name. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's a Irish name. It's yep. something my brother insisted on. It's, it's a great name. Very, yeah, it's not very common here in the U.S., but it's very common in like Scotland and Ireland. It's so. very common around here where I really? am because, because we have a very, very heavy um, Irish immigrant population, especially in South Boston. Awesome. Yeah, and his middle name is Arthur. So yeah, he's got a very Celtic name. And yes, he does. It's it's, it's after and, and funny enough, he was actually born on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh wow! So he's he's all set. So so what I was going to say is his twenty first birthday is going to be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so what okay. I was going to say is you know, yeah, to sorry, talk, no, 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 t- talking to you and hearing you, you know, doing so well. Not that you know, it, it's that thing in your brain. Right. That as a parent just makes you go, you know, everything you've learned that society has told you says that my daughter is going to have such a hard time of it. And hearing you and, like, you know, kind of, you know, making acquaintances, making friends, you know, I'll call it over this thing and, you know, talking to you the second time. It, yeah. It's making me smile and making me really happy because I I'm. I'm thinking of my daughter growing up and, you know, having a similar conversation for the future and not, and and not that I don't have hope for it. It's just, it's, I, it makes you more optimistic. I'm having this vision that she could be having the same conversation and understand herself as much as you understand yourself. Yeah. It it took time for me to really understand myself, honestly. And and it uh, makes me really happy. I'm still working on understanding myself more now, especially since I've been, I've been actually seeing a therapist for a while, honestly, due to some, personal issues that have been bothering me for a while uh, for, since before my nephew was born. But, you know, my nephew was kind of my inspiration to be, to try to be better, honestly, because I love hearing that honestly, because, you know, I mean, I was dealing with a lot of shit and it was like, see, it, it involved a, someone who used to be my friend who I felt I could trust implicitly. And it turns out he wasn't that trustworthy. So sorry to hear that too. Yeah, I, I won't go into too much detail. Cause I've talked, uh, I've more, talked about it at length with my therapist about it really but but it, it's uh, but it's it, but it you know he was just a real asshole and uh but yeah and it's just it's but you know it's been enlightening for me to learn more about myself and how i can be better than him and to some extent i feel like i am better than him because i'm actually working on getting the help i need last i heard anything from him he's still just hasn't changed a bit really although Cause it's just, he tried to, he tried to email me like a few weeks ago and I was just like, whatever, <laughs> which yeah. I consider a bit, which I actually consider progress because for years, whenever he tried to contact me through, whether it's through a friend or whatever, because of the crap he put me through, I, it, um, I hesitate to word it like this because I know some people discount it as an actual term, but 
but uh, but it, it kind of triggered me to the point where I almost was ready to have a breakdown because uh, you know, I'm like, why is he contacting me? Why can't he just leave me alone? Ah, you I know. get you. You know, and uh, and and the fact that I was feeling like indifferent to it the last time he emailed me, which was like a couple of months ago, I was like, "Oh wow, I've actually made progress." I'm actually That's I, awesome. So that just that floored me. It, 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 I had that realization, and that's when I realized I'm actually making headway on this because I wasn't sure how much the therapy was helping until that moment, really. Honestly. Right, and that and that's how that kind of stuff works, right? Is it? Yeah, it's just I had that, and I even mentioned it uh, that to my therapist, uh, like like uh, not long after that happened, and she and she was like, "Wow, that that is great I'm, that you realize that," and you know they realize that, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." It's it was just a really surreal feeling. <clears throat> it's very important to know that just because the rest of the world doesn't think that the things that and and I'll use the word too because I believe in it, the things that trigger you personally or the things that affect you or the things that weigh on your head just because they might not seem important in the grand scheme of the world to everyone else doesn't mean that they can't take you over and And it it, doesn't mean they're not important to you as right and you need to be able to work through them and that's why i think people that work in in therapy and in psychology and everything just more power to them i I agree (laughs) I agree. To be able, and be able to not take that home with them at the end of the day. I mean, right. Kind of. It also kind of makes me wonder how certain actors who play like really nasty, vicious, just utterly repellent characters don't take that home with them when they go home to their families. It just it's <laughs> it just floors me. That it, although sometimes it floors me just how certain actors will um, will like will turn around and just give this look and they'll, you just know they're, and they just exude the evilness that you just see that, that they're evil. And you just wonder how do actors do that? Just convey the evil of the character without just saying a bit of dialogue. You just see it in their eyes. I'll give you an example. There's a episode of Dr. Who, and I'm going to delve into spoilers if you guys haven't seen this episode. So, <laughs> so. fine with me. It's, it's the episode Utopia with from David Tennant's run back in 2006. Seven, yeah, two thousand seven. Oh, I may have Mark... seen this one. Yeah, it's the one, uh, and there's this character he meets, played by the great Derek Jacobi, one of uh-huh, England's uh-huh. finest dramatists, who plays Professor Yana. And it turns out that Professor Yana is really the Doctor's arch nemesis, the Master. Except yep. he, except his essence has been sealed away in a little pocket watch thing. And at one point during the episode, the pocket watch opens, and the master he becomes the Master again. And he turns around, and he's turned, and you know, and you just know he's become the master. That Professor Yana, as it was, is dead, and that the master is now in control. And you just, he turns around, and there, he just has this, just evil look on his face, just the look in his eyes, and I'm just like, fuck, yep. you know, how do actors do that? Especially actors of his caliber. It's just stunning. And I actually watched the behind the scenes stuff of that too. And Russell T Davis, who was the showrunner at that time, even talks about that too, saying just like when he turns around, he's turned to that. So how do actors do that? I wish I knew how they do that because it is stunning. Cause I wish I had a bit of line written in there to say, I am the master and stuff. And he, and he just didn't say it. And he just, it just had that look in his eyes and they kept it like that because it worked. You know, and it's just, and I'm wondering the same thing because sometimes just, sometimes the actors just do so much with so little. It's just, especially when they're British, it's just unreal. 
it's amazing, uh, you know, when you get an actor that just fully gets it. Yeah. Um, my, uh, on an episode of this show, I interviewed my friend Ryan, uh-huh. who from, from elementary school, right, who had turned out, had disappeared for a little bit and went to Hollywood on uh-huh. like a whim. He, he, got, he worked with a buddy of his on a YouTube channel, and the two of them ended up making movies together. And they got a gig making this movie called Arctic which just played in theaters in February. I, I and, think I've heard this movie. Yeah. I've, been, I've been meaning to see it. I've heard good things. Right. I think I saw your brother's review on it too. It was, it was mine actually. Oh, I, um, you might've seen, cause I was, oh. I, maybe he did it too. Cause I was telling him, I about could swear it. I saw it on like geek.com back when he oh, was still, so cool. When he was, uh, when he was still working for them, I, I subbed to geek.com because he was doing movie reviews. Really, yeah, but, me too. Although me too. I do still watch some of their output now, but it's just, I mostly watched, your brother's reviews because yeah. like i said i've been a fan of his for a long time oh no dude i get you me too um so the what was crazy about talking to him is my friend ryan wrote the script and he said the script he had written to be very minimal dialogue and the movie is very minimal dialogue he said so he was always worried you know when people took the movie seriously are they going to find an actor that's going to get it because yeah. And and so they got Mads Mikkelsen to be in the movie. Oh, and I'm a said, big fan of his. Yeah, I've been a I've been a fan of his since uh, since he was in Casino Royale. Oh yeah. And Dude, fa- you... one thing I find hilarious, it's hate to go on a tangent here, but no, that's okay. Mads Mikkelsen plays the bad guy in Doctor Strange, and Benedict Cumberbatch plays Doctor Strange, and yes. his bro- and Mads Mikkelsen has a brother named Lars, who's also an actor, who played the big bad of Sherlock season three. Yep. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yep. I found that absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so that that's a great tangent. So uh, so yeah, I have the whole series of Sherlock on DVD because I'm a big Sherlock so fan. So yeah, yeah, it's but, so good. So and, he's but so anyway, his, finish your that's thought. That's right. No, that's right. So his <laughs> his his director and, and writing partner friend, you know, they they had heard from Mad's agent that he wanted to be in the movie, and this movie like it skyrocketed into production like it went really quick and he so so he had a 20 minute skype power (laughs) yeah he had a 20 minute skype phone call with mads and mads was like yeah we'll do the movie he said but as a writer he didn't get to meet mads so they were already on site like the night before they were going to film with him so he goes i go out to dinner and get to meet mads mickelson he comes over to me and has two and a half hours worth of notes that he wanted to go over me with me about the character he says, wow. this is a character that maybe has 10 total minutes of dialogue in the whole movie. And the rest wow. of it is just description. And he said, oh, my God, he gets it. Like, yeah, this is yeah, going to be freaking awesome. One of those actors who really does his homework. From yeah, and he said, so he's here describing the backstory of my character that I never wrote down on paper. And he 100% was spot on with what I had envisioned. He said, how does that happen? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, there there's some actors that just instantly get a character, uh, like even if it's like something that they create from whole cloth, like uh, like when um, like um, I actually heard like it reminds me of a story that I heard once uh, about uh, like uh, that Stephen Moffat talked about, and who was the showrunner of after Russell T Davies on Doctor Who, about why they had to do the War Doctor storyline in the day of the Doctor 50th anniversary. And it turned out it was a contingency plan because Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor, had yep. passed on being in the 50th anniversary because, A, he wasn't available to do it, you know, due to scheduling. And also he just and also he just didn't feel comfortable playing the ninth doctor, you know. 
yeah, anymore or something like that. At least until Big Finish decides to tap him for some full cast audio plays. We'll see. I still have my fingers crossed for that. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and Chris Eccleston is great. Even 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 in his lesser roles, like you know that character in Thor: The Dark World, he's just incredible. But my, anyway, my friend showed me um, his first episode of Doctor Who, yeah, and that's the first episode of Doctor Who I had ever seen, and yeah. it's what got me into the show. Yeah, and it's the pleasure well, I, to meet I became you. A fan around the time David Tennant played the role, but I did go back and watch Eccleston and just. Oh, the Eccleston, the, the first scene between him and his um, companion. Pleasure Oops, to meet yeah. you. Run for your life. <laughs> nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Run for your life. And I was like, that's amazing. I, I actually have the uh, novelization for that episode uh, because that was written by Russell T. Davies himself. And uh, I, there's some differences. Like there's some parts of the story that are a little more graphically violent than was shown on screen because, you know, it's prose. But, you know, and there's certain and there's certain bits. Uh, and I just sometimes when I'm reading the doctor's dialogue, I can hear Eccleston's voice in my head, just reverberating in my head. doing, And it's just uh, here delivering these lines. And it's just so it, it, it gives me a thrill, honestly, reading them. And yeah, there's, he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, that was his catchphrase. But um, <laughs> um, but anyway, um. And it was a contingency plan that, you know, because he he was basically thinking, oh, shit, Chris Freckleson has passed. What am I going to do? And then he molded over for like a couple of days and then he contacted one of his producers and said, OK, I have a terrible idea. You're probably going to say no to this. But, you know, I've got an idea of what we can do for the 50th to cover for the fact that Chris Eccleston doesn't want to be in it. We'll introduce a doctor. Uh, we'll I'll rewrite the ending to like the episode that le- the, that wraps up season seven the name of the doctor i think it was called you know to uh, you know and we'll uh, to introduce a doctor we've never seen before and he'll be played by like one of the most famous actors in the world like say john hurt or something and he just spitballed john hurt as an idea and they decided to offer offer actually offer the role to john hurt himself and he was like yeah sure why not or maybe <laughs> i should do my john hurt impression yeah sure why not you know yeah i i've do yeah, I do a really decent John Hurt impression. I've been I've I've been watching John Hurt since uh, I watched him on Jim Henson's The Storyteller as a kid. So wow, I, his, his, I'm just I've heard it so often that I just I'm able to, and it helps that I'm sick a little bit, still a little bit sick, that I can really get the graveliness of it down pat. <laughs> yeah, well, this has all the makings of your lucky day. You know, that's actually of, damn good. Yeah, thank you. It, it's taken a lot of practice, I will say. It, although sometimes it used to hurt after a while, but now it doesn't hurt quite as bad because my throat's used to it. So, and and also his performance in Hellboy, I, th- I think that's one of his best ones performances, especially at oh. the end, at the toward the, like at the his character's end. You know, just oh my god, I I had tears in my eyes. I it was beautiful. Oh, such a perfect casting job on yeah. him in Hellboy. Although I heard that Ian McShane was pretty decent in the role in the new Hellboy one. Yeah, I've heard everybody in although it is funny great, enough, I heard the movie that is he, not. Yeah, although I did hear that he and John Hurt attended the same drama school. <laughs> so that's so that's kind of funny. There you go. Out. It's almost like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon shit or something. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I actually heard that uh, I actually saw another interview with Stephen Moffat like a few months ago like, on the Doctor Who YouTube channel where he said that they were actually like 
they were shooting the finale episode of season three of Sherlock and the day of the doctor on the same studio, except the Baker street set and the set for the day of the doctor were like across from each other on the same, on the same basically area. So, so it was kind of, so he had to basically go back and forth to try to, to towards both productions, just to make sure everything was running smoothly. Jeez. So he was basically going back from working with Cumberbatch to working with John Hurt and stuff. And in fact, in fact, there was even a moment where uh, Cumberbatch and uh, it, while he was dressed in Sherlock's outfit and uh, John Hurt and, and in the, his doctor's outfit, you know, met in passing. And it was the first time they'd seen each other since they'd worked on Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And they actually gave each other a big hug. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> so. So yeah, because they got along really well while shooting that movie, apparently. So, even though John Hurt's role was fairly small in that movie, so wow, yeah. But yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's just great to hear about actors that you really like and they get along. You know, even the stuff. So and John Hurt had even before he died actually uh, did some audiobooks for Big Finish. He did, so. You know, he got to play his doctor on audio, which was great. I mean, and he actually wanted to do more after he had recorded the what turned out to be his last one, but he passed away before that could happen, sadly. Which is a shame because I would love to, I would have loved to have heard more of the War Doctor. Yeah, God, man, he's he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, he's was he's one of those actors where if he turns out to be in a in a movie. I'll watch it even if the pro- even if the movie is shit. And I have two other actors I'll go out of my way to watch the, uh, do that with. And another is uh, David Warner, who yeah. played the uh, scientist guy in the second Ninja Turtles movie. At least yep. that was my first time seeing him. And he's been in a lot of stuff since then, but still, before and since, but still. And then the other one is uh, Christopher Lloyd. So. Yep, exactly. I was just thinking about, I've been watching um, this season of Stranger Things. And, I haven't been able to watch it yet. Um, D- Dustin comes back from a from a science camp, and the name of the yeah, camp I is saw that in the trailer. Camp Nowhere, but it's K N O W where, and it made <laughs> me think of that that terrible Christopher Lloyd movie, which yeah. I which I love and own on DVD, even though it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Well, I own the Super Mario Brothers movie, even though now as an adult, I know it's dog shit, but I still enjoy it. Although, Absolutely. Although I do enjoy it a little bit more now that because of, you know, King Koopa having parallels with, you know, a certain person who will remain nameless. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sounded like your brother there when you did that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I'm just saying it's just it, you two sound really alike. It's kind of unreal. <laughs> Yeah, we um but I mean I mean you I mean your voice is probably a little higher than his a bit a little bit. I noticed the timbre a bit cuz that's how my ears are attuned, but gotcha. but it's just but still if I didn't know you but I would have probably assumed I was talking to Bob if I if 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 I didn't have that. So Awesome. I can use that to my advantage. I I need his Patreon money and I need... <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been actually mulling over getting a Patreon for my YouTube, but I... Just, oh, that'd be I, awesome. But I, I don't know how many people would contribute to me because, you know, I don't get a lot of views. Not that it matters because I'm doing YouTube as a hobby, really, but... Well, if you do yeah. it, let me know. Um, I'll, I'll hawk it around for All sure. All right. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Brilliant. But, yeah, I'm, 
and it's funny you mentioned Camp Nowhere because uh, that podcast, uh, We Hate Movies, that I, I you know, uh, actually did an episode on that movie once. And I was just like, and I'm like, wow, this movie really was bad because I remember actually kind of enjoying it when I was a kid. But now, uh, but, and I thought maybe it was still good. But then hearing them just basically just riff on it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. This isn't that good. <laughs> I mean, I still, I mean, I'm sure it's still enjoyable a little bit, but still. Oh, it oh, is. It, it's oh, enjoyable for oh, nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, hell, I'm one of the most ardent defenders of Ghostbusters 2. I mean, even if other people shit on it, I'm like, Ghostbusters 2 is great. I don't care what anyone says. I, I, most of, as weird as it is, Ghostbusters is my, that and Jaws are, are tied for my favorite movies ever made. Yeah, Ghostbusters and, is like my favorite, like top. And I realize that most of my memories of Ghostbusters uh, even though, you know, I've I've seen the first one more than I've seen the second one. Same. But I have such fond memories of the second one because that was the one I saw in real time. Mm-hmm. Like, Ghostbusters was made the year I was born. Uh, Ghostbusters- I, I, yeah, I didn't see either of them until they came out on VHS. So. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2, the day it came out on VHS, my dad had it at home. He couldn't wait for me to see it. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I, oh, yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons I'm really an ardent defender of it is because... To some extent, extent, even though it's PG, it's a lot. It's a little bit darker and scarier than the it's first. It's a lot darker and scarier. I, I mean, one. it's still got the funny moments with like Venkman and the rest of the gang, but but it's not afraid to go full on scary with it. I mean, hell, I'm like, I'm almost thirty three. I uh, thirty three, and there's one scene in Ghostbusters two that still scares me to my core even now. Even more so now that I'm an uncle, actually. And it's the scene where the slime starts oozing out into the bathtub to get uh-huh. Oscar. That scene scares the ever-loving fucking shit out it, of me. It has never stopped scaring me. I, it's it, just, I mean, even now, I make it a tradition to watch Ghost, both movies back-to-back as part of my Halloween tradition. And I just, I can't help but look away at that scene. I'm like, no, no, get that slime away. Get that slime away from the kid. You know? It's funny. I, I watched through it recently and I, it's, it succeeds. It, it's horror and it's set pieces and it's action far outdo the first movie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the problem I mean, it, that I have with it and it's, and I still love it to death. The too. problem I have with it is Egon. His character, it seems like Harold Ramis just didn't want to fucking be there. And his character, he's not in the movie a lot, but his character, like, had that horrible sequelitis, like, actor that's just here for a paycheck, like, vein to it. I just didn't, I don't get it. I I actually didn't get that vibe from him, honestly. And it wasn't until I was an adult. (laughs) Really, even now, I don't think he. It was like that with him, but maybe I'm. It's possible I'm being just blinded by rose-tinted glasses. Oh, that's okay. But, and especially I, since, especially since one of the best moments in that movie for me, and it's also the one that my brother's cite as well as one of the the big laughs of the movie is that thing in the courthouse where they're act, ter- heating oh, up yeah. the proton packs and it's do re egon, and he has that big shit-eating smirk on his face. Yes, and, and I'm just I, like, wow, Egon actually made it funny. <laughs> Zelinsky yeah. brothers. Yeah. I gave him the chair. Well, I, I love Scalari brothers, but Scalari yeah. brothers. Sorry. I always I always mix that I gave, with um, I tried them for murder, gave him the chair. Yeah, Wayne Zelinsky from um Yeah. yeah. Honey, I I kids. The kids. Yeah, that yeah. for some reason. The Scalari yeah. brothers, you're right. I uh I, I'm I the, yeah. 
the bit with the train, the bit with the ghost train and the oh, heads God. on the that, sticks that, is always that fucks me up. down my back. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt so bad for Ernie Hudson in that moment. <laughs> just oh. seeing his hair just sticking up like that. Too. I loved how he's still screaming Sorry. in terror. I missed it. I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So beautiful. So I, I wish I could meet him sometime because it turns out he's actually from Michigan. He's from Benton Harbor. Oh, cool. Michigan, which is far away from where I live, but still really cool. I, I found that out because um, I, uh, one year for my birthday, it was like the year I graduated high school. I uh, they actually released both movies on DVD in one box set as, with a collectible uh, with a collectible like production book to kind of show what kind of stuff they went through, like different permutations of the No Ghost logo and stuff like that. And they even gave a little fact files on like the different actors and everything, and and it's and where they're from. And it said Benton Harbor, Michigan, for Ernie Hudson's, and I was just like. Oh my God, he's from Michigan. I'm flo- awesome. I, I just, I, I find it awesome whenever I find out that a, a celebrity I really like is from my home state. And, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, when I found out Bruce Campbell was from Michigan, I was like, I was like, fuck yes. And he was actually from Royal Oak, which is actually not like about a half hour from where I live. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Good old Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I would love to meet him too. He's- Me too. I, I've heard he's an awesome dude. I follow him on Twitter, and there was actually one time when um, he was actually talking. He actually made it made some kind of tweet about like warning warning the kids against see, warning kids against seeing Evil Dead or something like that. And I said, and I quoted the tweet, and I said, "Dude, my brother showed me Army of Darkness when I was eight, and I turned out okay." <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, and that was my first exposure to not only Bruce Campbell but Sam Raimi. So, <laughs> so you know. You know, I became a big fan of Sam Raimi at a very young age. Although I didn't make the connection to, uh, until I was much older with the whole Sam Raimi thing, like because of the fact that you know the first Spider-Man movie is just so good, <laughs> and, and it's got Bruce Campbell in it. They both yeah, do because you know they work together so much. Heck, it wasn't until I was older that I saw Darkman and really enjoyed it. And although I'd heard good uh... things about it from some of my friends and. Uh, from some of my friends who knew I was a Sam Raimi fan. You got to see Dark Man. It's seen Liam Neeson's in it. And I'm also a big Liam Neeson fan. And I'm like, and I never really saw it until like I was like probably in my early 20s. So it's funny. And, I, I had seen Dark Man when I was younger, when around the time it first came out and loved it and was in parallel a huge Sam Raimi fan and didn't know until I looked it up that it was a Sam Raimi movie. I was like, oh, this movie I've always loved and I just didn't know. Everywhere, nowhere, every, uh, uh, everyone, no one, call me Dark Man. You know, I just love that bit at the end. It's just how it's he just firmly intones it. Yeah. And it's probably one of Danny Elfman's more underrated scores too. It really is. I, I hope, I want to see Raimi come out of left field with another superhero movie sometime in his or, career. Or maybe like, a, like since uh, Ash versus evil dead was a really good success. TV maybe show. Have, maybe a dark man TV show. In fact, in fact, there was, a, I actually saw a pilot episode for a dark man TV show on YouTube that was looked pretty good, but, and they even got Larry Drake to come back as Durant and everything. It was very, but it was very, it was made back in the nineties. So it didn't really go to series, unfortunately. And they did change up a few things in the backstory. Like, like where um, where Julie in this continuity was actually his wife and got killed in the explosion yep. and all that and all that and but you know and it's just but it's and they got this one actor I can't remember his name to play him and 
uh, and uh, I can't remember his name, but apparently he he actually kind of nailed the character pretty well. I thought was it Treat Williams because Treat Williams played him in the sequels. Uh, no, it wasn't actually one didn't Treat Williams who played him in the sequels. It was Arnold Vosloo, but yeah, no, Arnold Vosloo was number two and Treat was number three. No, Arnold. I'm pretty Vosloo, sure was, was it, it Arnold Vosloo in both of them? Yeah, it was. It was in both of them. Am I losing my mind? I'm losing my mind. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I, although I didn't even realize that when I saw the sequel until I saw his mask, I'm like, wait, it's Imhotep. <laughs> You're right. It is. Arnold Vosloo yeah. was in. Treat Williams was in the sequel to the uh, principal or whatever. Or those yes, movies. he was. And yeah. he, let's see. Or something like that. I, I haven't seen the principal in a while. Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. It was Arnold Vosloo in both of them. I'm a walking IMDb sometimes. I can't. No, that's okay. I. <laughs> That's okay. My, my I, friends um, call me walking IMDb sometimes, and I'm just like, My Thanks. friends do the same with me, so you got me beat, though. That's good. Yeah. Of course, they also call me a walking uh, walking player's guide for Chrono Trigger, because I've just got that game <laughs> so embedded into my psyche. <laughs> God, Chrono Trigger. So yeah. good. I, I've been actually, like, one of my favorite YouTubers, Sugar Conroy, has been doing Chrono Trigger for his latest Let's Play, and I'm just like, Granted, he's doing the DS version, and that's fine. But I just, I feel like you know, I, I just, I like, I actually kind of like the version that's on Steam, even though it has its problems. But I understand why he picked the DS version because he's got a little more content with like a bestiary and stuff like that. But still, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, Chrono Trigger went on Steam a while back. So that yeah, that was the one you were telling me got stretched, right? Uh, they, they kind of like. They kind of re reformatted it to do a sixteen by nine format, yeah, and I think it works. Although some people disagree, although they did change up like the overworld sprites for each of the characters to kind of make it a little more obvious that it's like Chrono, Luca, Marl, etc. You know, like uh, too. So I know that was the first thing I noticed when I played the PC version is that the overworld sprites looked totally different. But I was still okay with it because it was still the same game to me, regardless. So. I'm I'm very easygoing when it comes to remakes and stuff like that. I mean, the only exception where I actually preferred the original over the remake was the uh, I actually prefer the original N64 version of Diddy Kong Racing over the DS version. So they did Diddy Kong on DS. Yeah, well, yeah, they did Diddy Kong Racing on DS, and to me, it wasn't as good. Although some people probably, I mean. I mean, I, I just it didn't feel it just didn't feel as good because like they actually had to change out some of the characters from the DS version because of rights reasons or something. Yeah, Rare was owned by uh, Microsoft at that time, so when they made it, so I loved Diddy Kong Racing, and I oh, loved yeah. I played I loved the hell when, out of it with my best friend when we were in middle school. So. I liked that like HUD world like thing <clears throat> they had going, yeah, and too. I love I like that they did that in the Crash. Bandicoot ripoff of it as well on the PlayStation. The crash team racing, which they yeah, recently. so yeah, and they actually also had uh, because of probably because of things being a little uh, because of you know it might be construed as racist nowadays. They didn't have um, the uh, elephant from Diddy Kong Racing talking like this all the time. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I can't <laughs> remember his name. I, I want to say it's Raj, but I'm probably wrong. I can't remember his name. It for the could be. <laughs> Although they did make him a playable character in the DS version. And, that one, and he actually comments when, when he's like, why am I talking to myself? This is weird. You know, so they at least had a little bit of developer's foresight there, which is kind of funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So there, that's one thing I will give the DS version is, is that little bit there. Because I, I love it when 
developers do stuff like that. Like little little weird moments like that. There was a uh, a cell phone remake of the Oregon Trail. Oh, really? And there was a incredibly it was it was really well done. It was like one of those like pay to play, you know, oh, games that they do. Yeah. But the but they did a free game model. Yeah, but they did a really good job with it. Like <laughs> it was it was very well done. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> they had a lot of fun because they they annotated it, so they had like voice work in it. And they had a character that um, anytime you would go for like provisions, it would randomly like have things like a chocolate cake, which wouldn't have been there. And <laughs> you'll try to you try to select the chocolate cake and it disappears and the game says, sorry, the cake is a lie. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, thanks, Oregon Trail. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you There's for that actually... portal reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how postmodern. There's there's actually uh, I, there's actually a game that's on Steam. It's also like probably available elsewhere called Oregon Trail, which is like the Oregon Trail, but it takes place during a zombie apocalypse. I'm all for that. It, it's actually really good, and it even has like a DLC for it that like expands it a bit and stuff like that. It, it, it's probably really cheap now since it's the Steam summer sales going on now as we're recording this. But it's 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 I played it a little bit and some and a bit some it's it's fun it's really fun. Do you remember and the achievement you can get for one of your characters dying of dysentery? Nice. <laughs> Do you remember so. the zombie themed Amazon? I think it was Amazon that was around for a while as a joke. I think so. So I, I don't. It was either Amaz. It was either Amazon or Newegg, but I'm pretty sure it was Amazon. And it, it, you just had to type the, the URL in a little wrong mm. and everything like it looked like the normal site. But the minute you clicked on it, and, like added to cart, it was just like, you know, 24 brains <laughs> on sale for brains. And you try to it add it to your some of the stuff Google does with their search shit nowadays. It was like, fantastic. Like, like, like around the time Avengers Endgame came out, you know, or was it Infinity War? Well, you know, you type in Thanos in the Google search and half the results disappear. And then, oh, you have to, awesome. then you have to click on the infinity gauntlet for those things to come back. <laughs> I loved the Captain Marvel website done in early in early internet. Oh, like, that um... made me laugh so hard because I remember <laughs> when websites were that sucky. Oh, me too. <laughs> Especially the Men in Black's website. I mean, where, you know, the Men in Black for the first Men in Black movie. You know, I remember going on that site quite a bit when I was younger. And just remembering how, just because our internet was dial up, or just yep. sometimes, and when you leave the site, you get neuralized, and just seeing the the uh, neuralizer just slowly move up, and then this little flash, you know, and everything. It just it was so crazy. <coughs> I really love that they played up the '90s bit thing of uh, Captain Marvel. I movie. loved like, Captain Marvel. That movie made me so happy. Especially that bit at the end where, you know, she basically just blindsides Jan Rog, I think his name was. Yep. I told, and he was, she was like, I've got nothing to prove to you. And I was just like, yes. And I just really related to Carol in that moment because it just, I just, part of me wishes I could have done that to, to, to that guy that, you know, was giving me all that shit, you know, just blast him with something to get him to off my ass, you know. Because he That's was awesome. All, towards the end of our friendship, he was kind of like Jan Rog in that he was like, I want you to prove yourself to me, Kev. I want you to prove yourself. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Gatekeeper friends, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
He was Not one good. of those people who was convinced that um, Olivia Munn was a fake gamer girl. Oh crap! Okay, and I was, and I was, and I was trying to be like, dude, no, she wrote a book on Wonder Woman. She's a real geek, you know. And she's like, no, nah, you, she, 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 the, the. yeah, I know a few people that think that way too. And I'm just like, no, I mean, if Olivia Munn was a fake gamer girl, uh, uh, like fake geek girl, would she not have requested her, her outfit to be more comics accurate when she played Psylocke in, Amer- in X Men Apocalypse? As turgid as that movie was, ah. Uh... I mean, I, I think it was kind of turgid, frankly. I mean, there are parts of it I like, but... No, I hate, I hated it. <laughs> so... I, I don't really hate it, but I just... It was a slog for me. And it's a shame, too, because I, I actually kind of... I still kind of like the first two X-Men movies. And Brian Singer... too. Yeah, Although, no, I... I, I feel I can... a little uncomfortable liking them now in light of the things that came to light about him. I, I, I even feel a little less comfortable liking the usual suspects because of it. Well, but. think about it that way, right? The usual suspects has the one, two punch of Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey. Oh Lord. Ugh. I can't even enjoy a bug's life anymore because of Kevin Spacey. Right. I loved Kevin Spacey for years because of that. movie. Oh, he was one of the most beloved actors working. Like, I, mean, that's... I loved him as Lex Luthor. I thought he was one of the best. Lex Luthor. I, I actually really like that. Super broke my film. heart. Despite I stopped following him on Twitter after that shit came to light because I was yeah. like, I I can't follow him in good conscience anymore. Brian Singer, I so after mm. seeing the second X Men movie, yeah, I had my friend had gone out to USC for college and uh-huh. came back and was talking to us and she goes, oh yeah, she goes, and this was a while ago. This was just after the second X Men came out. Yeah, so she was like. Oh, yeah, Brian Singer? Yeah, no, complete fuckhead. And I was like, oh, really? She goes, yeah, I got to meet him. She goes, he comes to college parties and roofies young dudes. Oh, Christ. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And so it's 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 wonderful to hear that all of that is 100% true. But the guy just still fucking gets away with it. And it's gross. I know. It's disgusting. I mean. It's just, it's appalling. And it's, it's, and it, it's, you know, at least, at least, uh, you know, at least like we're trying to hold these people accountable now. So there's not really, yeah. And it's, and it's, a if problem. the internet's doing something good, it's that. And it's a problem that, you know, it's not just, it's not just the straight men's club. It's just the men's club. They're all freaking scumbags. It well, doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter which direction yeah. they go they just yeah. treat people like shit and it's uh I mean, and, it, and it's worse it's worse for the for the people like who are you know who are gay and doing this because you know, the other people who are gay don't want to be tarred with that brush right. because of all these people saying oh gay people are just pedophiles you know right and, th- and these people are not and these other people who are doing that shit aren't helping their case aren't helping their case yeah yeah and it's, it's, it's so it's disheartening it's i mean i have up. i have some friends who are gay and like my friend john and and uh and he's and he's just been totally just dis- and he's been given shit because people think he's gonna mess around with their kids or whatever and it's so disheartening because it, it, to because you know he can't refute it to fully refute it because of people the famous people pulling that shit right the people and and you know that's that's <sighs> the thing that so everybody sad. latches on to yeah yeah i mean i mean heck i mean speaking of friends who are different I, i've had a friend of mine who i'd known since we were we we had met in eighth grade, but we became really good, like close buddy, like best buddies in uh, high school. We were in marching band together and all that. 
he, he was on low brass though. I, I was a clarinetist as I mentioned before, probably before we started recording this and, uh, you know, he were, he and I were just really best buds. Well, and I say he, because that's how he was at the time. And he, like a few months ago, he, they, well, now she messaged me to say that, I don't know if you're aware, but I'm transgender and I'm transitioning male to female. And I'd rather you address me as she now. And this is the name I choose. I'm choosing to go by now. And it knocked me for a loop, honestly, because I wasn't expecting this. And, and, but I, I said to them, okay, just, I expect, but I appreciate you telling me this, but at the same time, I expect you to be patient with me because I might slip up. (laughs) <laughs> hey, that's there's nothing wrong with being upright and saying that, you know, and because, congratulations you know, to them for wanting to come out and, you know, I mean, and, and they, tell they, everybody they, about it. Well, you know? it was more he was, well, she I, I yeah. was telling me this because, you know, we'd known each other for such a long time and we'd been, we were best buds for so long that, that they felt they could trust me with that information because they hadn't really told anyone else yet. Yeah. And they've, and I, I felt, I actually kind of felt kind of humbled that I was the first person they told. So that's awesome. I have a friend at work who's in his seventies and he officiated a wedding two years ago Mm -hmm. from a friend of his from high school who just within the last 10 years transitioned male to female. And the crazy thing with this situation is this guy is not the kind of person I would have expected just from knowing him you know he's he's a republican you know a bit of a trumper you know what i mean has 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 changed his tune on that thankfully but you know thank heavens no he really did i couldn't believe it but you know he he let me know about this you know and it wasn't like in a like you know normal you know guy of his generation like he wasn't making fun of his friend he's like oh no my friend came out and said you know he was transitioning male to female and was you know getting remarried and, and marrying a guy you know, and, um, wanted me to officiate the wedding. And I said, yes. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's, it's, I, 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 I just, I mean, and this wasn't the first time that I was like a first person that they told or coming out, like one of my best friends that I've known for like years, like we were like, since we were kids, you know, she, she, she was, she, she was one of, I was one of the first person she told that when she told me that she was a lesbian and I'm like, that's cool. And she's like, you really don't hate me? And I'm like, no, not at all. You're my friend. Why would I hate you? And she's like, well, it's just that you're Christian and all. And it's just, I was expecting some kind of blowback. I'm like, I'm like, dude, the people who are claimed to be Christian, I'm just like, yep. yeah. <laughs> claim to be Christian, you know, and say, do that shit. They're not the real ones. Yep. In I fact, know I've exactly really what you mean. Not to, I've decided to not call them fundamentalists anymore. I have my own term for them. And it actually knocks them off balance when I use it. It's I call them wannabe Pharisees. <laughs> Dude, I think you need to like make that in, in fact, go I viral. That's amazing. Post, in fact, I even used that phrase in um in a post I made on Facebook to calling out those kind of people. And one of my best friends who's an ordained minister actually actually saw that, liked my post, and he's very inclusive and forward thinking himself. And um and he even and he actually asked me if he could use that term, the wannabe Pharisees thing in his next sermon. And I'm like, go for it. You don't have That's to give me awesome. credit. Just use it. And since that and he said that it caused a, it caused a bit of a stir at first during his congregation in his congregation that he preaches to. But 
uh, but they actually under, but he under, but they understood the gist of what he was getting at. So of course, and it and so because he just he he because like me, he was just getting really tired of seeing people using Christ's message in a subversive way in order to promote bigotry. And absolutely, I, I'm still I, sick. <laughs> I'm still I, sick. I, yeah, no, I I I was in um, Catholic private school for. 11 years yeah i, I think bob kind of alluded to that a bit yeah too, where and, he talked about catholic nuns and stuff on yes Twitter. and he's you okay. know n- n- neither of us are very you know religious people anymore um but he has a little bit more of an he he didn't have a very good time of it he was a little bit too different and they didn't treat him very well which was unfortunate but yeah. i you know i believe that morally and ethically i'm the person I am because of that, regardless of yeah. my belief structure and everything else yeah, at this I mean, point. But, I mean, but I what... grew up in a Protestant church, uh, yeah, yeah. denominations, uh, Congregationalist, and uh, and uh, and I still go to that church actually, even now. And... I loved the Protestant church. My my grandmother was Protestant. I think I yeah. told you this when we were talking before. And I Pro- walked in there, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, these people seem like people. Yeah. Like I want, I want to go here. <laughs> like... yeah. yeah, it's a and it's a really nice church. I mean, a lot of the people who go there are people I've known since I was a little kid. So it's I practically grew up with them. So they're like, they're like almost like a, a bit of an extended family. You know? No, it, it it sickens me when I hear people try to use it for like a bigoted agenda. Because yeah. I'll say, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll overhear people and I'll go, "You're going to run your mouth, okay? Let l- let me drop something on you. I've read that same book. Shall we talk about it?" <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? I don't think it says what you think it says. Yeah, I, I think it, I don't think it means what you think it means. No, these words you keep saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, The Princess Bride's a great movie. Oh yeah. In, in fact, that was one of my ex-girlfriend's favorite movies too. So we both bonded over our love of that movie. So. Oh, I got to see it in an old theater. Uh, I, I didn't even see life. it for the first time until I found a VHS copy at a garage sale when I was like. 12 <laughs> it's so good i know I, i've seen there's a lot of movies that are part of the culture now that i just that i didn't see until probably late in my life me it, too I, I didn't get the princess bride till i was a teenager no. i don't know why i, I, didn't I still have... enjoyed it though so oh I, yeah if anything it kept me out of that whole it continued to keep me out of that whole girls and cooties thing because i never really i was one of those weird boys and what they considered weird boys at my elementary school where i would befriend the girls and just and just be like okay what's the big deal i don't why why do girl i don't why why do why you know i just never understood the whole girls have cooties thing it was one of those things that just made me a bit of an outsider amongst some of the guys at my elementary school i just never it's like what's the big deal they're just people there's girls we just they're nice <laughs> yeah and i'm hoping my nephew is growing up with that mindset too because you know yeah it's, I mean, it's... he has a few friends who were girls from what i saw at his birthday party this year so uh, so hopefully he's kind of being disabused of the whole cooties thing yeah it's just it's another way and and it, it's all meant in good fun and people laugh at it but it's just but another nowadays way... it's just i don't know it's just another way of of making it all seem so of, of keeping it separate. It's like, yeah. you don't want to like let people coexist, man. Yeah. <laughs> and also I'm kind of tired of the whole boys will be boys thing, honestly. Yeah. Cause no, it's allowed, serious. it's allowed guys to get away with so much shit And our fucking guy that we won't mention. Use that in a, as an excuse for him acting like an idiot. 
Yeah. And I just, I can't stand that. It's like, okay, yeah, may, maybe, maybe I mean, stereotypically you're, young, yeah, you're you right. I mean, when you're young, yeah, you can be an idiot, but still. In fact, I actually have another thing I say regarding the whole people subverting religion to to promote their bigotry and stuff, is that I basically, I will say, it, I can say to them, guess what? Okay, I'm not trying to tell you not to be a bigot, but you can go ahead, right, and be one. I have a problem with it, but you can go right ahead and be one. But keep God out of it, because I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that's basically how I look at it. Be a big, go right ahead and be a bigot. Just keep God out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a human construct. You go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Cool, man. Well, do you, do you want to play a movie game? Uh, yeah, I think, well, is it that one that was, that you did on Andy Rodriguez's show? Yeah. Yep. I was, okay. uh, I, I just wanted to make sure um I could transition into it because it's, it's about one in the morning. So I want to. And again, I'd like to have you back on again because I, I really like talking to you, man. Oh, um, sure. I, I, more, I'd be more than happy to do. Yeah, this is this I'm, this I'm was great. This is a lot more. Um, I I never know what direction these are going to go, and I, I felt we hit on a lot of really good heavy yeah. topics, and that got, and that oh, makes yeah. me I, happy. I mean, I I love talking about pretty much anything as long as we. Uh, no, just, it was great. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I have, I do have some limits, but you know, if we approach a topic that I'm not comfortable with, I, I would be upfront about that. So yes, and I, I do the same with everyone I have on. You know, it's, it's your show. This is, this is your episode. I don't want to make you. I don't, I don't yeah. want to make you. You Uncom- know, yeah. well, because like, it's something you know. You're on. Whenever I'm on somebody's show, I, I want to tell people about it, right? You know, oh, I got, I'm yeah. on this thing, so I don't want them to be like, oh, really? And you were talking about that. You didn't sound like you were enjoying yourself. You know, I'd hate for it to be that. So, oh, yeah, fair. Um, let me fair. Let, let, let me do a little bit of uh, housekeeping real quick because um, yep, I didn't no get worries. to do it at the beginning. Um, for everybody that made it all this way through the show, I mean, how could you not make it all this way? We're pretty cool guys talking here. Too but, wild uh, and crazy guys. Too wild and the crazy guys. Um, I love but that skit. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, remind everybody that I am giving away a signed sweatshirt from the last blockbuster in the world in Bend, Oregon, signed by the whole staff. Once nice. my Patreon hits a certain amount of money, and I don't even remember how much that money is because I'm not said looking. It was like probably four fifty or. Something I think you're right. So I'm, I'm going to go off of my, what my brain my... remembers this shit. I don't. Yeah, know I just you know I always, I always forget when I'm going to say stuff. I'd also like to mention that my Patreon has tiers now, and the people in the fifth. $15 tier, I like to say their name on here because I think they like that, and that's one of their benefits. So yeah, Mason... School of Movies does that to some extent, too. Yes, I love those guys. Me, so too. Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, hi, Mom, and Hugh K. Campbell Jr., who's Green <laughs> Goblin, and my newest patron, Mark Gaydosh, who joined at the end of June. Oh, um, your mom is a patron. That's awesome. Yeah, she... she, she and, and, like, I keep trying to, like go over to her house and like stop her. And she's no, she goes, you deserve it. And I'm like, all right, cool. All right. She listens to every show. Wow. (laughs) She doesn't mind that. Then she doesn't mind the swearing, right? No, she thinks it's hilarious. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, good. I mean, think about this. Because sometimes I've had to tone down my language a bit. Like, (laughs) like, uh, like, like, like there's a video series I did. That was a blind walkthrough of this auto run platformer called Jack and Jill DX. That's on steam. It's like a high definition port of a mobile game. And and I was just playing it totally blind, and I was cussing to the point where it was probably going to make a sailor plush <laughs> nice. because I was so frustrated with some of these levels. Well, did you ever see my brother's review of Pixels? 
Oh God, yes. So in fact, did, in fact, one of my good friends on Facebook, Rick, uh, actually posted the review on uh, to his Facebook saying, "Wow, I've heard of people getting vitriolic on at movies, but this one is just insane." And I was just like, "Oh!" Wow. And that's when I knew that Bob has gone viral. That one of my friends has posted one of his videos on his new, Facebook, and I didn't post it, on, and I didn't even share it either. I just figured, you know. I figured, you know, I'm just going to watch the video and enjoy it. But the fact that I saw one of my friends post it knew that this was going to get legs. The New Yorker wrote an article about it. That floored me, too. I was okay. Like, so ah. my mother, my mother was buying it and like giving it out to people. She was so proud. And I'm sitting here and I picked it up and I'm like, I read the one. One, the article was great. And two. All I could picture, because I worked with some like old, like stodgy, like NPR listening folk like, you know, going down for their morning breakfast with their wife and picking up the New Yorker and spitting out their tea, reading heaping pile of elephant jizz <laughs> in the New Yorker. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was laughing so hard at um, Bob's review of the of Pixels. I, I, I had actually had to pause it at one point because I was nearly falling off my chair. When I was he, he wrote that in hours after seeing that movie he had that thing done and up within hours and i called him because i really wanted to know like if it was as bad as we were afraid it was going to be and i called him and i go how is pixels can't talk writing and i went dude just can't talk writing need right now <laughs> and then he sent it to me as it was posting he sent me a link to what and i watched it and i'm like that bad eye he goes you have no idea he goes what, i am, am scarred yeah, one of my favorite comments on that video was like, "Don't sugarcoat it, Bob. Tell us how you really feel." I'm like, "I'm like, damn, they beat me to it." That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> so good. Yeah, they they said uh, the New Yorker had written a man with a Shakespearean control of vulgarity. <laughs> well, that's probably one way to describe George Carlin too. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Fact, uh, Speaking, there's actually a podcast I listen to called The Todd Glass Show. That's um, hosted by a comedian named Todd Glass, and uh, he has a safe word on his podcast where instead of swear to God, he says, "I swear to George Carlin." <laughs> and uh, you know, and and the way you can tell that they're doing a bit is that instead of saying "I swear to George Carlin," like I'm going to use my safe word, potato salad, or some other thing, as a way of like saying that the uh, we're doing a bit now. So, nice. Uh, Nice. It's it's a really great podcast. They get some he gets some really great comedians. And in fact, it's because of that podcast I became a fan of a lot of other comedians like Paul F. Tompkins and um Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and um Eddie Pepitone and stuff like that. So in fact, whenever he has James Adomian on the show, I have to hold I have to hold on for dear life because he slays me. Because <laughs> James does stuff. so many voices that just kill me. His his Bernie Sanders is uncanny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, right. but anyway, yeah. back no, to no, the movie thing. I'm, yeah, I, I, say, I just want to finish up my uh, my housekeeping, and also yep. this episode is brought to you not only by Golden Tales Geeks um, YouTube Let's Plays, which you should be watching, but also the Geeks with Shields podcast, who I've been a guest on. Um, your home for all things good and nerdy in this the darkest timeline. You should go over and check them out, particularly the Kevin Smith Smackdown, which I is have a to listen to that one. I haven't listened yet. Oh, it's so good. We had so much fun, especially because those two guys had barely watched any Kevin Smith movies, whereas he's like my life. 
You know, yeah. like I, my brother, I, my my older brother, my uh, the brother of my nephew is a big Kevin Smith fan. So these two guys are watching them all now, and they watch them out of order. So they're like watching like the newer ones and not having a basis for like the in jokes. So they're like, Lordy. they're like, these are terrible. And I'm like, you need to. Uh, I'm not going to get through to you. <laughs> like, you you got to invest yourself in the nuances of everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, again, I, I, I mean, won't, I, actually, I, won't... I mean, I think the only Kevin Smith movie I actually watched and kind of enjoyed was Dogma to some extent. Yeah, no. I think everybody can. Th- th- that was the one we all mutually agreed was fantastic. And but it certainly I'm... helps that Alan Rickman makes everything awesome. Oh so. my god! And and Do- Dogma is an incredibly well put together and thought out movie. Again, yeah. like from a guy who himself is a very, very, very um, intent church going Christian and wrote yeah. a farce. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes to make fun of it, uh, some the the very tenets of something, you have to be inveigle yourself into it to some extent. Right, exactly. That's what I feel. But yeah, that was a, that was a really fun episode. So okay. I'm gonna get us into right quote wrong movie, and because okay. um, and even though you've heard us play, I will explain it. So Please do. You, it might it might help me a bit. Yep. So have you ever played Cards Against Humanity? Oh, I play it. I play it quite a bit. I, so, last time. I, I, I'll tell, I I'd hate to divert again, but there's a story, another funny story about it. Sure. My first time playing, actually, I was over at my brother's house and I was, I was also knocking back a Mike's Hard Lemonade while I was playing. Oh, yeah. And it was at the time when I didn't really drink much. So uh, uh, Mike's, Hard, Mike's was enough to kind of get me a bit tipsy. It doesn't now, thank, because I've built up a tolerance, but still. Um, but, you know, but I still enjoy it. And, and but, um, and my brother ended up getting the black card, and it was the not uh, the uh, the 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 general public doesn't know that uh, that the Vatican has a secret room devoted to blank. And I ended up winning the <laughs> and I ended up winning the round by playing the card that read the homosexual agenda. Yep. Granted, I think it was more the booze talking when I played that card, but still. I love it. <laughs> I I also I always like blank kid tested mother approved an Oedipus mm-hmm. complex. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Or no that so so anyway, this game um this game is a game that um my buddy and I made up like over lunch at work and we started throwing things around with another friend in a text chain and nice. I've turned it I've turned it into a spreadsheet. So now I've got over three hundred quotes and 150 yeah. movie titles. Yeah. Some and... of these quotes and movies I actually recognize. So... Good, good. That was hopefully the you, point. The ones you sent me anyway. Yes. So you have 10 quotes, and that's your hand of 10 white cards. Okay. Just like Cards Against Humanity. But gotcha. what you're going to do is you're going to use the quote, and the black card is going to be the name of another movie. Okay. And so you and I are each going to use one of our white cards All to right. attempt to throw a quote down that either fits in a funny way or in a you know, tongue in cheek or just a dumb way that will make audacious. Yeah. That will make us both laugh. That's really the whole point. (laughs) That that sounds pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. People, people love it. I I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm printing um, a a physical version of it that I'm going to bring to my live blockbuster um, that'd, that'd be awesome. Show. Heck, you can even make like a PC version of it. Like uh, Brennan Floss did a use did that user words game was a exactly that he did on, on Steam was basically something he was spitballing with friends and he even he, I actually uh, one of my friends supported him on Patreon and he actually she actually got to bring me in as a guest as well and uh, 
it's uh, during one of his Google Hangout things with uh, fans, and uh, he was actually spitballing some ideas with uh, that to us. Although he had to say, "This is a top secret project. I don't want anyone of you to breathe the word about this, especially you, Kev, because you don't support me on Patreon." I'm like, "My lips are sealed, sir." That's awesome. So yeah, it, he's he was really awesome to talk to. Yeah, he's but, a good dude. Yeah, I'd love to meet him just to just just to talk video games with oh absolutely but anyway but but yeah and that turned out into user words so if it turns out you could make like a pc game out of it that too that would be awesome that's good input so i'll I'll look into that too so the to give you examples um just you know my favorite example which is what created this game was my buddy said to me at lunch um you know okay right quote wrong movie it's like the first day and he popped one out and he goes right quote wrong movie passion of the christ and I go, oh, easy. If someone asks if you're a god, you say yes. And he's, <laughs> he, he just died laughing. And I'm like, all right. Nice. And then he, so then I was like, you know, so we're like, what else would work? You know, is this only like a one quote thing? And I go, no, like Titanic. I think we're going to need a bigger boat. You know, all the, it, just, it just keeps going, right? I heard, <laughs> so, that, I heard that line was actually an ad lib and Steven Spielberg liked it so much he kept it. That's awesome. I, I love awesome. I, lo- I love little throw it in moments in movies, especially when you find out there are moments like that and moments like that. I love I love how some of the best movies were the hardest to make. I I just love like little moments that you see in the movie that are part of the finished product, but were originally not scripted. Like like in Captain America: The First Avenger, after uh, Steve emerges from the pod with all the muscles and everything, there's a moment where Haley Atwell actually grabs onto his chest for a little bit to feel one of his pecs. Apparently, Haley Atwell was so enamored with Chris Evans seeing his muscles that she actually just did that, and the director was like, "Let's keep that." <laughs> nice. Nice. The and director mommy, of my mom and I went to see that movie in theaters. Uh, she was like, did he just she just grabbed one of his pecs. I'm like, yeah, he did. The director did. of Jumanji and uh, the Rocketeer there. Movie The Rocketeer. I would love that movie with a passion. That's why when I was they... so glad when I found out he was doing um when he was doing Captain America the first one, because I was like, perfect right meeting of director and material. Absolutely. And and it and it definitely paid off. I love the hell out of that movie. I think it's the, uh, aside from the Avengers, I think that's Marvel's best one in phase one, really. It, it is. And it's still, you know, I've, I have a big long thing I've put together to gauge the MCU movies, which is a topic for a different day. But, uh, yeah. I, um, I always tell people that they're like, what do you mean? You think Captain America, the first Avenger is the best Captain America movie. And I said, you need to understand the words I said out of the three Captain America movies. It is the best superhero movie. That is a big difference <laughs> because Captain America is probably the best one. Cap- Captain America. Well, this is the thing. I, I've 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 broken them up. I feel that Captain America: The First Avenger gets the Captain America character jumping off the page of that comic into a movie. The oh, best yeah. the out World of the World War Two period is just the perfect. best out of the three movies. But Tom, although Tommy Lee Jones does get the best lines in the movie, it's not Captain America. The Captain America: The Winter Soldier has the best drama. It's probably the best film out of the three. And oh. then Civil War melds those two so perfectly. Definitely. You know, and yeah, that's I, why I love those three movies because they build on each other so well. And, and you know, it, yeah. I, well, also just being a part of the larger universe. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, with, anyway, with, sorry. With, no, that's okay. <laughs> with, with right quote, wrong movies. So 
I'm going to give you um, the ch- the chance to tell me a number between three and one forty five, and that's going to pick our first movie. So go three, for it. Three and one forty five. Yeah. Um, let's go with eighty six. Ooh, that sounds new. Yu Gi Oh, the movie. Yu Gi Oh, the movie. Okay. <laughs> um, you bastards, give me back my hand. See, perfect. Okay, let's see if I can beat that. Um, <laughs> oh, none of these are that good for it. I'm going to go with Be Afraid. Be Very Afraid. From that The Fly. Pretty, uh, yeah. Yours is better, though. Too, for those yep. wondering. Yep, you get, but, you get the first round. So nice. round two, another number. Three to 145. Uh, and and just so you know, I don't have all 300 quotes in front of me. I only have 10 as well. Yep, no worries. Just, I, I, figured, <laughs> I, I figured as much. Uh, let me see. I'll do another arbitrary number, 93. 93. The Devil's Rejects. Ooh. The best of Rob Zombie's films. I, I don't really watch a lot of uh, any of Rob Zombie's movies. They feel a little, I, I'm not usually a squeamish person, but those this feel, one, this one's a tough one. Yeah. But the, but those movies were kind of for me. Do you, do you want to try a quote for this or do you want to pick another number? Uh, I, I, I think I, I think I can find one. Um, I think I can find one here. Let me just okay. go look at the ones you gave me here. Uh, um. Oh, I think I got one here. Um, we're not playing together, but then again, we're not playing against each other either. It's like the nature channel. I love it. I'm going to go with sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery. Mine was from Rounders, which yep. I haven't seen in a long time. I still but... think yours is better. I have a really rough um, group of quotes here. All right. One more arbitrary okay. number, sir. All right. Uh, Let's go with 21. 21. Desperado. Mm. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, um, Well, this might be a bit anachronistic, but it might work for me. Sure. The aerodynamics work. He's breaking wind at 90. <laughs> I'm going to go with, is it safe? <laughs> Marathon man. Ah. I, think, I think you took all three. I haven't heard anyone use that quote that you just used in a way that actually worked, but I get it. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed kind of anachronistic, but it kind of worked for me for some reason. So, yeah, so th- that's my movie game. Um, people love it. Yeah, so. there's there's one of them I really wish I could have used, but I couldn't Art. really find. It, but I couldn't. Throw uh, it out there. Gonna, uh, but you didn't mention it. Uh, but I just you didn't mention a movie that really fit it. It was the I'm going to call her lunch. Hello, lunch. Hello, you. Avoid the green ones. Not ripe yet. I love that quote. I love Fish Called Wanda. Kevin Kevin Klein in that movie is just so wonderful. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. Although everybody was, in that movie is speaking so of crazy. Kevin Klein, I'm totally floored by the fact he plays a recurring role on Bob's Burgers. I'm like, how did they get him for that? Oh, Mr. Fish Odor. 
Yeah. I, I actually got into Bob's Burgers because of an ex-girlfriend of mine who's a big fan of it. And, uh, you know, and she's, and, and I don't, and I'd be like, and it just, it took me a couple episodes before I noticed that they changed the burger uh, on each of the chalkboard every episode. And I was like, uh, and every time we watched an episode together, I was just like, okay, what's the burger this time? <laughs> My wife got me the Bob's Burgers cookbook and it's all the ones There's that have been on the, well, it's all the ones it's cookbook for all the burgers that have been on the show on the board oh. up to the point they made the book. Nice. So yeah, it's wonderful. I, I I'm going to have to look that up now because there's, some <laughs> the, of those burgers actually sound pretty delicious. The child molester comes with candy. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, aside from that one. I mean, oh, I that was candy, so but... bad. It's just that joke in that episode. This guy right over there ordered had it. avocado on it. That sounded really good. Yes. And again, I have, I'm on a big avocado kick because, uh, uh, lately because just i just i love it so well you know it's it's because we're millennials right and we want to spend all of our money on avocados because they're so expensive well, well it's not that so much as just i, <laughs> no, like, I, I, I just hate like, that <laughs> yeah i know i just like it like i i used to i never i never really understood why avocados were so good until i i started really getting into sushi and there's these sushi rolls they sell at the store I work at because they actually have sushi chefs like that make them authentic in the store, like a sushi bar kind of thing. And they're they're avocado they're rolls with avocado and evil in them. Yep. And they're really good. They are really good. Yeah, I developed a real taste for eel because of that. <laughs> My mom thinks it's gross, but yeah. <laughs> avocado is a great substitute for mayonnaise and like egg salad and stuff. It works really, I, I, really nice. I've, I found an avo- a nice thin bit of avocado on a hamburger is really good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I discovered that because um, I went out to IHOP with my dad one time a few a few months ago, and uh, and they actually have on the menu where certain sandwiches you can order. If, like for an additional ninety cents, you can order it with avocado on it. And I decided to get a patty melt with avocado on it. Nice. And, and oh my god, it was so good. I didn't need anything else on it. It was just, yeah, avocado, I was just like, I was in heaven. Although the, and, and the funny thing is my server actually didn't remember that that was a thing and actually had to check the menu to make sure I wasn't talking out of my ass. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I love, um, I love when you order something that the people have to check. Yeah. Minute, although, although the, the cheese they had on the, uh, patty melt was like Swiss or something like that. And I asked them to substitute it for cheddar because, I'm not a big fan of Swiss, honestly. No, uh, not I, a patty melt. Patty melt shouldn't be Swiss anyway. Yeah, I I love cheddar. Cheddar just is just my go-to bur- uh, cheese for burger, especially on and also on a hot dog too. Yeah, especially if it's smoked cheddar. The smoked cheddar really complements a hot dog really well in my mind. Yeah, no, it does. I, I used to be a culinary student, so it's just I I've got I've learned to get be really overly analytical on food. No, that's <laughs> awesome. But um, not to not to cut things short, but yeah, it is sorry. it's no no it's it's one fifteen in the morning for me, oh, yeah. and um, I really <laughs> I really appreciate you being on, and my, my uh, pleasure, you, my I'm going to give you a chance to plug your stuff and anything else you want real quick, uh, and then we'll wrap well, this thing YouTube up. YouTube.com/slash/GoldenTailsGeek. Um, when I'm doing let's plays, I typically put them up on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's just my upload thing. And I also do a first impression series called for playing video games for the first time. It's pretty much what it says on the tin where I just basically play like at least 20 minutes or so of a video game I've never played before, or usually a remake of a game that I have played before, but not played the remake, you know, a little bit of exact words there, you know, first time doesn't mean necessarily mean it's my first time playing the game, you know, 
you know, it's kind of, I'm kind of abusing that a little bit. <laughs> no, but, I still think that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and I put those up on Saturdays and, and I try to put up updates in advance of whether or not I'll be, be able to put one up or not. You know, if I'm, well, it depends on whether or not I'm in town or whatever. So I, I haven't quite gotten a handle on scheduling uploads yet. I, I really need to get into that. So in case I do like big batch recordings or stuff and I decide to go out of town and I still want to put stuff up, you know, but I haven't quite figured that out yet. So, but, and I've been let's playing for a few years and it's, it's been fun. So. Yeah. I had, I had a blast recording with yeah. you and I'd, I'd love yeah. to do that again. I, so. I also have a series. I haven't put up a new video of it yet. And it's pretty much what it says on the tin where I call it video game boss fights, where basically it's kind of like I do record myself doing a boss fight from a video game that usually is a game that I think is a little too extensive for me to do a full on let's play of. And I'll also have my webcam in the corner because my recording software has an option where you can actually have face cam as well. So, and it's basically my reaction. So you see me reacting as I'm facing off against the boss too. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And so, and most of the videos in that series are from uh, Tales of Symphonia because I have the, uh, the game on steam and I love that game a lot. And some of the bosses, I just really want to do videos of so <clears throat> cool man well it's, it's... I, I usually put those up on like tuesdays or thursdays though when i record them and i haven't recorded one in a while because i just haven't really had the motivation to do those lately gotcha yeah well so, it's it's yeah. been an absolute blast having you on and i'd like and to have hopefully you on I again can come back again maybe we no. can do another more of right quote wrong movie it's a lot of fun no of course and um i'd like to you know if you think up another let's play, you need another co-commentator for, I'd love to do it. Cause that was yep. a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, that was more a redux edition in this, in that case, yep. but you know, but you know, I've got another kind of redux thing of another one of my early let's plays in the pipeline, but I think I have someone else in mind that I'm going to co-commentate with. Oh, but, no worries. But I've got other games that I have planned out in my head that I want to do. And if there's like some point in the game that I want to record and I want you to be a part of, and you want to just shoot the breeze while we're playing it, I'm playing the level, then I'll I'll drop you a line either on Discord or Twitter or what have you. Sounds good, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. I um, yep. really appreciate it. And thank ev you and everybody for shooting the shit with Chippa. Have yep. a good night. You awesome to one another, folks. <laughs>